0: So welcome to the first episode of Half Measures. Uh, my name's Dan, and my co-host Paul, and this is a, a new podcast where we talk about TV shows, movies, reviews, news, you know, all of those good things. What's happening out there? What should you be watching? You've got to be on top of it in the streaming wars. You do. <clears throat> so for our, our first episode, we're thinking of having a bit of a conversation, not thinking about we've planned it. We're going to have a conversation on our, our top 10 TV shows of the year. So um, Paul and I have made a list individually of our top ten shows. We haven't shared them with one another. So this could be, we could be in sync. Maybe we're not. This could be the end. This could be the final episode.
1: I feel like we're not in sync.
0: We, we I'm excited
1: be. to think that we won't be.
0: I definitely imagine Coronation Street is somewhere on your list.
1: You've just called out my number one. You've ruined the whole show. Can we start again? It's <laughs> fine.
0: It's fine. No one's listening. Okay, so um, the way we're going to do the show, uh, we're going to do this episode, is we're going go to um, go through our top ten. Um if we've got a, a what a, a linked up episode, we'll we'll talk about it at the same time. But we'll do just a bit of a a little bit of a, a mini dive into each show, why it's our favourite, what makes it good for us.
1: Sounds good. Okay. I'm I'm so excited. I don't think anyone else in this world gets as excited about top tens as I do. I am obsessed with top tens. I have other top tens that I want to talk about as well. Mm. I think about them all year. And as something comes up in the year and I think this could be on my top ten, I actually Keep a draft. You make a note I keep a draft email going. That's all amazing That's how excited I get That
0: is amazing I know that you do Your top 10 Twitter, Twitter So I imagine Straight after this podcast They'll be, they'll be going live
1: I, I feel like I've been Waiting to publish them For so long Incredible. I always wait till December That's the rule
0: We're in December You know This is a gift For everyone out there This new, new podcast Expect, you know, at the moment, this is our first episode, hopefully in, in 2020, we'll be going on a bit more of a, a regular basis.
1: And a bit more money, right? All we the money be, will start be, rolling in. We should be paid by then, right? We'll
0: definitely have a studio. Good. And be legit. <clears throat> so um, without, you know, too much mucking around, let's get into our top 10. And so, um, Paul, how about you kick us off with what is your, what's number 10 on your list?
1: Okay, so it's, it's so hard. Not only do you have to get 10, but then you have to order them. That was even harder, right? So coming in at number 10 on my list um, is EastEnders. Now, this is it. You
0: can't laugh
1: at my show. Are you
0: serious? Are you, are you, do I need to pause and start again? No, I'm joking. It's clearly <laughs> not EastEnders, but, you know... <clears throat> I love it. Uh, is that show still going? I, think I don't is. know. It probably, probably is.
1: Right. Um, it does come from the BBC, however, this, uh, this number 10 on my list. The show is The Capture. Season one.
0: Mm. So
1: first of all, have you seen the capture? I
0: haven't watched it yet. I I looked at it based on your referral.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, on my list of things to watch, haven't got to it yet.
1: Is that like a uh, I'll never watch this or?
0: Uh, like it's because it's made it to your top ten. It probably like increases it for me. Good. Um, but it's not on my I'm going to die in a ditch to watch it list. Okay. So. I guess also for the audience, we're going to probably go into spoilers here, so if we're talking top ten, and this is a show that you care about, you know? Fast forward. Fast forward, probably.
1: scrub like two, three minutes. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be really hard to talk about it without spoilers, because... It's
0: fine. Just talk to us, for Tell us. It's just one
1: of those shows that you will know within the first episode, particularly when you get to the the end of the first episode, if it's for you or not. You'll either be completely hooked, you'll know you're hooked by episode one, or it won't be for you. And so my wife and I were just completely hooked by the end of season one, uh, sorry, episode one. And we pretty much binged it in a, in a few few days. How many episodes? Ten or? Um, so it's a classic BBC series, so six, oh, I get, six episodes. Oh, nice. um, there's no indication that it is season one. It oh, just okay, it simply fine. appears as a series. However, the manner in which the this, this season or the series ends indicates that it surely is set up for a second season, at least, I would say. Um so it's kind of the the broad strokes of the story are that it's around the amount of cc television in the UK and how much we rely on that in the courts mm. and mm. how much um juries place, you know, weight in in what they see on the cameras and yeah essentially it's around government agencies and other such scrupulous uh, individuals Modifying the CCTV footage, mm. um, but not because they want to put an innocent man in in jail, but because of something else. So they're actually there's deeper of, motives behind it than that. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. bigger picture that you're not privy <laughs> to when you mm-hmm. start the series, um, and so you sort of you watch it and you yeah your emotions change. You, the the twists, you know, we all talk about shows with good twists, but the twists in this show are are so out of um, out of kilter but the the normal twist you. Expect with the show. It's um, yeah, it's it's a really edgy seat show and um, great cast. Um, a really nice cameo from uh, your favourite American actor. I think this is someone you've mentioned to me uh, in the past, Mr. Ron Paulman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was pretty impressive in this. Um, but it is a London-based show, and um, yeah, it's it's you know it makes you think twice whenever you see CCTV footage now as to the limits of what can be. Achieved?
0: <coughs> it, look, it looks... It, I watched the trailer. It looked um, interesting. Um, the thing that put me off, and this is um, really probably going to reconfirm for me what a, what a piece of shit I am, is... Wow. It was on... So, uh, we're living in the streaming wars, right? Like, you've got mm. so many different platforms. Mm. If I'm going to watch something on... Because in New Zealand, mm. the captures is on TV on demand. Mm. One, it comes with ads. TVNZ on demand. It's TV on on demand. Yeah. Uh, it comes with ads, mm. and it kind of feels like the when I think about the tiers of streaming, it's really down the bottom for me. So it kind of just put me off. I was like, ah, oh, I can't be bothered watching ads. So I, I, kind of haven't gone to it. But I probably need to. There is other shows I do watch on that platform, so I probably need to reconsider.
1: It annoys my me thinking. when they go to ads, and then the ads are thirty-three times louder than mm, the, than the mm, TV show, and mm, suddenly your windows are breaking. Mm, mm. Um, Okay, if you can get past the TV VS on demand, uh,
0: oh, look, and I can look. It's it's more just that when I first looked at it, it felt like a little niggle that kind of was enough to put me off. Which I think is interesting. I think in the streaming wars, that there is little things like that that can kind of detract your audience from mm. wanting to use that platform or or watch your show. Mm.
1: Another thing is it doesn't require you to have a good level of understanding of technology or or any of the sorts... It's not one of those cyber futurists... You know, you don't need Mm, to have a... You can see quite clearly that it's just mm, what they're doing. mm, It's pretty good.
0: Good. good. Um, Number 10 for you, Dan. Yeah, I was just thinking before I get into my number 10, one thing I just wanted to um, talk about with our our top 10 list is these are shows which have aired in in 2019. Good call. there's There's a number of shows which... I've got um, at least one of the shows on my list hasn't finished airing. Yeah, and so um, likewise, have. Yeah, so we so we may be talking about shows which are still midway through a midway through the season, mm-hmm. um, but it's obviously stood out enough for us to, to make the list. The early criteria was it took place in twenty nineteen or it aired on aired on twenty nineteen. Yeah,
1: it either premiered in terms of it's the first season, yeah. or yep. it's season three of a show yeah. and it aired
0: yep. in twenty nineteen. All right, number ten for me. Um, now, this is a, a follow-on TV show from a, a movie, actually. So this is a TV show called What We Do in the Shadows, oh. which, um, based on the um, Taika Waititi movie from a, a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically... So the, that movie was set in, in Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, this TV show, picked up by FX, and it's on neon on here, is basically uh, the... American version I guess of some vampires living their life um, in america it's got it's still got that great sort of Kiwi humor to it um, right. it brings in some of the Jermaine Clement and um, Taika and other people like that in, into the show and you can you can really see the, the their hands all over this work and it was kind of a a pleasant surprise and a you know a great sort of yeah, each episode wouldn't be more than thirty minutes, but mm-hmm. a, you know, a really fun watch. Um, just great undertones of what it would be like to be a you know a four or five hundred year old vampire living in today's modern society and yeah. An enjoyable watch. So yeah, that made it made it to my top ten. Okay. I
1: just to quickly comment on why I haven't seen the show, because I immediately love a bit of New Zealand humour, of the Concords it's the one genre that I always struggle with in any, whether it's TV or movie, is anything to do with vampires. That's the reason why I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, okay. But if it's in your ten, and you're going to watch the capture, then I feel I should return the favour, right?
0: Yeah. And, and How many um, episodes am I in for? Um, it's, it's no more than ten. Oh, yeah, ten episodes, season yeah. one? And it's, you know, it's um kind of that dark... dark if, if you've watched the movie, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of that, you know, dark vampire humour. It's not um not jump-scare humour. It's...
1: Do I get to see Jermaine and Taika again, like in the movie?
0: Uh, you definitely get. Uh, I may be steering you wrong about Taika, but you definitely get to see Jermaine. Excellent. This is already a low quality podcast because yeah. of the the basic level of research. The amount that I've of research done, you've done. Incredible, but you definitely get to see Jermaine. Good. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And they reference the movie, and but uh, I think I watched it with friends who hadn't seen the movie, and they they still enjoyed it. Um, one of the the best things that came out of that TV s- series for me was. They kind of introduce the different variants of vampires that exist now. So okay. the traditional blood sucking vampire, and then they introduce the a new psychic type vampire, and they call them an energy draining vampire. And these are vampires that work in you know offices with you know cubicles and lots of neon lights, and they they come up to you, they ask you about the your weekend, they talk to you about what's going wow. on in their life, and that that they drain your energy, and that's how they feed. I so, can think
1: of a few people. I know that do that. And,
0: and I think it's, it's almost kind of got that Office-type humour. You know, like the Office, the TV okay. show, humour. So, I'm starting to come around Yeah, this. yeah. So it, look, it's a, a, I enjoyed it. It's a, it was a great watch. Okay. Great watch. Yeah, number 10. Good.
1: Number nine. Okay, number nine for me. Uh, another British show. Um, Criminal. Um, now, I've been a little bit cheeky here because Criminal... Uh, Is technically in its first season, (coughs) but some would say it's four different shows. But if you sort of research it, and I have a little bit of research, it's not like you. All I I know, it's not. um, So, Criminal is a show um, that aired this year, and it aired simultaneously: Criminal UK, Criminal Germany, Criminal Spain, and Criminal France. And um, each each of those four first seasons have three episodes. And the thing that makes it unique, uh, you've, seen, you've seen this, yep. uh, so it is the fact that you've got that same setup for each country. It's around an interrogation room, much like the room in which we record this podcast. Uh, and you've got the two lawyers, police, on, on one side and, and the, the suspect on the other side. And on the other side of the two-way mirror, you've got the rest of the police team, um, you know, sort of talking to the team and making judgments and feeding questions and getting more information. And the the premise didn't impress me at all when I sort of thought about it. I thought, oh, that sounds a bit like it's going to become quite tedious quite soon, I would think. And really, do I really want to watch 12 episodes? Mm-hmm. But the premise is amazing. It really is incredible what you can get out of um, just an interrogation room and... Each of those series, the UK, the France one, it's the same set. I don't know quite how they do it because when they come outside of the interrogation room, the only other thing you see is a like a corridor with a vending machine and then a window which looks out to the street. And in each in each series, the, the the window view is different. But again, really good writing um some great actors i don't have any names from the germany spain or france one that i that i recognize but in terms of the uk one um lee ingleby who i really like from um line of duty uh rochelle sandell also from line of duty and some of the the suspects and i won't say whether they were guilty or not guilty um david tennant um hayley atwell um so some some big names in there and yeah it's one of those shows that right until the very end you're not sure if they're guilty or guilty, mm, mm. and you are uh, sort of seeing it through both sets of eyes, so you're trying to make your own own assessment, and then they either crack, or they don't, or they prove themselves to be innocent.
0: <clears throat> Look, it's a great recommendation. I, um, I came into the show a little bit hesitant as well. I've only watched the UK version mm-hmm. so far, so I still need to watch the other ones, um, but much like yourself, wondered how they were going to make it interesting, was sort of that um, tight compounds of a um, interrogation room mm-hmm. and uh, look fantastic Intense, and right. I, the, it reminds me of you know there's been movies I, I can't remember the name of it but there was a movie with Ryan Reynolds in it where he was in a he was buried in a in a coffin and he had to escape
1: oh like, yeah six feet under oh was it no um, I e- anyway
0: then. but the, the, the premise of actually those the extra effort that, like, it really gets the right into show. And I think, yeah, Criminal, great recommendation. Great Christmas watch, I think, you know.
1: Definitely. Definitely the spirit of Christmas in that show. And just to your point around having only watched the UK one, I started with the UK one, as I'm sure most English-speaking people probably did. However, I would actually say that on reflection, the Germany series, mm-hmm. those, that's probably the number one. Then I'd say uh, the UK, and then I would go... Um, Spain than France. <coughs> wow, and that's and with subtitles.
0: Oh, so you were you watching with the English dub or the subtitles? <laughs> subtitles. The subtitles. English dub
1: is terrible. quite terrible okay. and Agreed. really removes you from the moment when you see mm-hmm. someone walk in with a Yorkshire accent.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, <coughs> great number nine. I already feel like I've got you know two two shows to add to my viewing list for the good. upcoming break.
1: Good, good. What do you got for me?
0: All right, number nine. Um, so. This is a, a spin-off show from the the Sons of Anarchy, which was a, a seven-season motorcycle show uh, from a few years ago. This is called Mayans MC, which is a in the Sons of Anarchy TV show was a, um, a Mexican um, biker gang. Okay. And so th- this is their kind of sp- spin-off show of it. And in the first season, um, I know a lot of people would t- they didn't make it through the first season. They found it too sort of similar to kind of repeating the pattern of Sons of Anarchy but in season two like the show's really kind of reaching into its own area Mm -hmm. I think Kurt Sutter who was the um, creator and producer behind a lot of the season great plot twists great like particularly if you're into that sort of (laughs) into that motorbike scene um, you know I am which which I know you are Um, and just a great combination of not only the seeing how the mines function and operate as a gang, how that integrates with Sons of Anarchy, how that integrates with um, the wider Mexican cartel. And it's just a, it's a kind of action-packed, um, it's a little bit, um, like, there's enough twists to keep it interesting, but okay. it's it's a great, like, popcorn watch, do you know what I mean? Like, you just, and I, I saved up this, um, it was coming out, um episode by episode, but I I kind of binged all all ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Um over like, two days. And like
1: formats f- what format was streaming service? Is this? Neon, neon. neon.
0: Okay. It it would be a show. I I don't know if it would appeal as much. Um, if you're not if you're not interested in Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not your genre. Um, but if you are, I, I highly recommend it. It's fun. Sons of um, Anarchy
1: was successful though, so if if this if they sort of if you say that first season was sort of like modelled on the the first season, then mm-hmm. you know, I would have thought that would appeal to mm-hmm. people because that was mm-hmm. kind of
0: a success. Yeah, there was a little bit of drama with this um, TV show this year, um, where like Kurt Sutter, who <clears throat> was just talking about before, who created Sons of Anarchy, he's actually stepped down uh, from the show now, and it's going to be taken over by some new people, uh, which I which I think will be interesting for the show, because um, mm-hmm. he's obviously very much got a a format and a style, but I think it's almost kind of right at the same time that this is actually the the Mexican um, Mexican version of it. Um, and so, <laughs> is Mexican the wrong thing to say? I uh, feel like it's wrong. I
1: don't know, I've watched too much Kenny Powers lately. I just can't, you can't, do, the can't do. Yeah, the good legs coming
0: um, out oh, They're a Mexican gang. Um, and so, no, look, um, Fun Watch, I really enjoyed it. It Probably is a little bit of recency for me with this one because mm-hmm. I, I just really it was almost like what I needed at the time. It reminded me of Sons of Anarchy, it made me actually want to go back and watch Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, um, I don't quite have time to do all seven seasons of that, but it's a if you are a fan, I'd recommend it as a watch.
1: Okay, recency is a big thing, right? Really like big I thing. I've watched some shows lately and I've been thinking, can they break into my top ten? And then I just mm. all I need to do is watch a little reminder of a trailer or something to mm, do with mm. a show that... And sometimes you need to go back.
0: Mm, mm. So, yeah, that was number nine. So, um, number eight, we're cracking through.
1: Number eight, I am calling The Handmaid's Tale Season 3.
0: Mm. Interestingly, it
1: is on my list, but not at, not at this position. Okay, Yeah. got it high. So, okay, so that's an interesting point straight away, because the Season, season 3 ratings are down compared to Seasons 1 and 2. And yet for me, I found season three a lot more enjoyable than season two. Uh, I found the drama of it um, to be a lot more intense. Um, Again, I think the addition of some of the the extra characters that came in, Bradley Whitford coming Mm. in uh, as uh, Mr. Lawrence, was was really good and I felt um, his character uh, journey was, that story arc was really exciting. I feel like there's so much in this world I want to explore that I don't know if I'll ever get from the show, whether they do a prequel, I don't know. What I really want to find out is how this world came to be, how it got to that point.
0: How did you watch the show? Did you watch an episode, like, weekly? Is it is it dropped, or did you save it up? Uh, we watched
1: it weekly. Mm. Uh, this was Lightbox, yeah. Um, yeah. and so we watched it uh, weekly as it, as it came out. Um, and it was... You know, you, you have those weeks where, oh, what are we going to watch on a, on a Wednesday? What's on a. It's, you know, certain nights are going to come out, and it's like, oh, it's Tuesday, it's Handmaid's Tale, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is going is to sort of trumpet on the TV. Um, just, you know, this, the show in itself is fantastic. Elizabeth Moss in the lead is incredible. Aunt Lydia is one of the single greatest television characters ever, and more, more than that, the actress uh, who, who plays Aunt Lydia, her voice and her, her delivery of the lines is immaculate. Um, she just has a great laugh mm. at the most inappropriate moments. I find her immensely satisfying, and so seeing some of the backstories to these characters, like we went back and saw a bit of Aunt Lydia's past, I found... Yeah, really, really enjoyable. So for me, season three was a was a strong one. And Dowd—that's the name I was looking for for Aunt Lydia.
0: So yeah, much like you, um, really enjoyed season three. Um, I I found it almost like definitely better than season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saved it all up to watch all at once. Okay. Um, only because. Um, And I I sort of did that with sort of a hesitation because it's quite a dark program and to watch quite a bit of it all at once can be quite depressing, but on the flip side, found it really enjoyable to kind of watch as a, you know, over over a weekend. Um, I find it one of those shows which I both love um, because it's like this dystopian future, Mm. which at times feels scarily real um, and not, you know... There's components of it that actually feel close, which, which yeah. is horrible. Um, I think it kind of like daylights and makes you think about things a little bit differently. Mm. Um, my frustration with the show, but it hasn't, it hasn't really impacted my rating, is June constantly um, one step forward, two steps back. Okay. And and, and uh, you know that's, that's the premise of the show, right? And I think season four we're in for something interesting. Um, I was always rode with Hand, Handmaid's Tale* because season one uh, was apparently a book. Um, mm. and season season two and three was the the writers basically where are we taking this, and I yeah. know that they've put out a book subsequently about, you know, as a follow up. But I I think it's a really fascinating show, and looking forward to season four.
1: Agreed. What's your number
0: eight? <clears throat> number eight for me. This is another neon show. Okay. Now, um you may not have even heard of this one. It's called Mr. In Between. No, I've not heard of this one. So Mr. In Between is I first watched season one last year, season two just came out this year, and it's a show I didn't expect to enjoy, but I really loved it. So it, Mr. In Between is it's actually Australian, which just add another, you know, surprising twist to it. And it's about Mr. in between is a guy who he's a dad. He's a hitman. He kind of works in security. He's kind of like a a Ray Donovan of characters who kind of kind of solves problems for people in the uh, underworldish type people. Okay. Um he's he's a he's a bit of a thug. Um but he's also like a nice guy most of the time. Um and so basically he's recently been through a divorce. He, you know, has shared custody of his daughter. He manages security at the club. Um, he'll do a hit for forty grand, sometimes thirty. Um, so
1: I could use a guy like that.
0: Everyone could, Mister So he he's the middle guy between basically the, um, Australian. Uh, crime crime scene, okay. um, and bas- basically basically the that's the dirty work. And I think, what's really great about it is. It really bridges those two worlds really well, and there's just some great storytelling. There's some great humour. Um, it's really, like really down, like really down to earth stuff as well. Um, and just a really enjoyable watch. So the first season is only six or seven episodes. Okay. Um, season two is about eleven episodes, um, and look, each episode's about twenty five minutes long. And so it's a show that you, could, you can consume really quickly, mm. but really enjoyable. I would highly recommend it. Excellent. And I'm, it, it, I'm adding these
1: shows to my watch list yeah, as
0: we go. Yeah, great, And it's, look, it was a show I, I knew nothing about anyone, um, any actors in the show. There's a few um, common Australian actors as you start to sort of get deeper in, into the show. But it was a, one of those just, I took a risk on it one day mm-hmm. and kind of watched the first season in, in one sitting. And I've... Okay, I love it I couldn't recommend it highly enough I
1: think it could be good for me because I've, I've given the game away too much I've noticed that my list is pretty much US UK mm-hmm. and I'm thinking you know do I need to go you know my wife watches a lot of Spanish shows mm-hmm. and, and other shows and I'm thinking maybe I'm just too simplistic in my choices and, and
0: look think of this show is a uh, you know you're at you're at Christmas dinner and someone serves you up something you haven't really had before and actually you really enjoy it. I think this is one of those shows.
1: Oh, see, I get really triggered if someone serves up something I haven't had before. I get really nervous. So. Oh, and I, this is one of those shows you're like Christmas Day,
0: Dad. You're like, yeah, I don't want to eat that, but then oh. you're like, oh, actually, I love it. It's okay. my favourite now. So look, get amongst. So that was my number eight. Uh, number seven for you.
1: Uh, number seven for me. Uh, this is a show that is now. In its fifth season season six is being filmed as we speak um, but season five was the show that aired in 2019 and it's bosch mm. um, so this is a show from amazon prime uh and Wait, it's for sort a
0: of bosch washing machine
1: yeah do you know what it's when i was doing research every time you type in bosch that's what you're getting mm-hmm. and it's a it's an interesting choice um but that's the name uh, of the, the character that was written in the book by Michael Connolly, who wrote the, uh, this, the, the book series. Um, and it's a show that, actually, up until this year, I'd never seen before. And so my wife and I have binged all five seasons. Wow! And, that's, and we did, yeah, over a couple of weeks, in fact. And, yeah, season five is a, is a strong season. It's, look, if I describe it, it sounds like every other cop drama that's ever been made. It's an LAPD. He's a little bit, you know, sharp, and he's a little bit, you know, angry, and he's, you know, he'll have a drink, and, you know, he's split up from his wife. He's got custody of his daughter. It, when I describe it, I can't pull out anything other than to say that the writing of each... So each series, each season, is its own unique uh, story, and that it all play out from, from the first episode all the way through the season, so... Season 5 um, was 10 episodes, so that's one story. And you basically have an A story and a B mm-hmm. story. Um, but really strong performances. Um, Titus Welliver, I think that's how you pronounce it, in the lead, is, is really good. Lance Reddick um, as the CEO. <coughs> Titus is a
0: big collector of um, sideshow um, collectibles. Is that right? Mm,
1: mm. I didn't know that. I, mm. Titus and I uh, chatted online on Twitter, but I didn't, didn't know that much.
0: <coughs> it's funny, it's one of those shows which... Like, I've never watched Bosch, but I've had, I've had a few people recommend it to me. Mm. And it's one of those shows that, um, for me, is... When someone recommends me a show, normally the first thing I do, if it's an older show, is I go onto YouTube and, and search for a trailer yeah. of, of season one. And it's one of those shows where I feel like, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago... The trailer isn't great for it, and the trailer does a really terrible job of selling it to me. So every time I'm trying to think, what am I going to watch? And I see Bosch on Amazon Prime. Should I be watching it? I go back to that trailer, I'm like, I don't know. But I I think I'm going to give it a go.
1: I get what you mean. And look, I... I think I have that sort of reaction. People keep recommending to me, oh, go back and watch The Wire, or go back and watch this, and I watch the trailer, and I get a similar... Have oh, you seen The Wire? No, I haven't seen oh, it. Jesus. I know, and people you keep you saying... You're your life wrong. <laughs> I no, I feel like I need to get this show. But I always seem to be late coming to shows. Like, I saw Lost late. Mm. I saw The Sopranos a little bit late. Uh, I, I don't want to offend you, but I saw Breaking Bad a little bit late as well. I came to all these things a bit late, so maybe
0: The Wire is my next one, but... um. The Wire is a... We're going off track a little bit, but The Wire... That's Unlike Us, right? Unlike Us. um, Is season one in particular will be an interesting watch because the technology that they're using to do wiretaps is so old. Right. That, you know, like we're talking about police wiretaps where we're actually physically tapping into a phone line and someone yeah. has to sit there and listen to the recording. And But the, the characters in that show...
1: That's all you need to know. It's like I recently rewatched watched um, Enemy of the State, Gene mm. Hackman Will Smith, and I remember at the time watching that film the first time around thinking, oh, wow, the technology in this is amazing. Now you watch it, the technology is really average, but the story is really strong, so I, I get what you mean. But Bosch, it's just the quality of the writing, um, the character-driven stories, and I, you know, I really recommend watching it, you know, binging it in that fashion. Awesome. Again, over Christmas... New Year's. Um, I'm going to put it back on the list. And um, it also has, I just want to call it out, and it may be a podcast we may do one day because we're kind of geeky, right? I think the number one opening credits, both theme song and visuals, Ooh. which is a big call because That's, there's some great shows there's out
0: there. Some, oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, but Bosh, I love it. And when you get the song stuck in your head, it's, it's yeah. It's,
0: oh, my, uh, my girlfriend regularly rates a show on the, the opening title credits. Yeah. Oh, it's, and I and she'll think. say all the time, this is going to be a good show. Yeah. So... So number seven for me uh, was actually The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. So, um, yeah, so not, not far off your, off your number eight. I was, I was interested to see how high that might mm. figure in mm-hmm. list. I had a feeling it might figure in your list. So yeah, yeah. So your number
1: six. Number six. Okay, so this is one of those shows, uh, for anyone who knows me, it's like, oh, no one, not, not surprised to hear that made your list, Paul. So this is Live Long and Prosper, Star Trek, Discovery, Season 2. Um, so, uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 1 was, in fact, my uh, number one show uh, for 2017. Um, so, this is a brand new Star Trek series, the first series. That's,
0: are they uh, still on Netflix? Or? Uh, yes,
1: they are. Right. So, yeah, you can get um, all of Season 1 and 2 on Netflix. Um, and there's some little extras, short tracks, which are set up in the same same universe as well. Um, it's a, It's a really... Look, Star Trek went off the air um, back in 2005, when Enterprise, which was a uh, Bakula, mm-hmm. um, Bakula, bacula, have you said um, mm-hmm. went, went off the air, and there had been so much Star Trek on TV with Next Generation D Space Nine, I think the, the market was saturated. And so when it was announced that Discovery was coming back, the first season just went straight to number one for me, because it was Star Trek, but not as I've seen it before. It was just the quality of the production you could imagine if they had today's standard of special effects, story writing, lighting, editing, and they they had that original series crew from the ninety six. I, I just can't even imagine how awesome that would be. Um, but Discovery is just um, just set in a, in a completely different way. So just give it the context, because I'm not sure how much up on track you are. It's set 10 years before Kirk and Spock and Scotty oh, and okay. so the okay. original series so you know, most of the series like The Next Generation that all came into the future after mm. Kirk but mm. this is actually set just before Kirk mm. and as a result again we, we are giving spoilers um, we get in this second uh, second season we get Mr Spock um, coming to the mix amazing um, amazing. and so that really is a, a big drawcard to, to have that huge character for, I mean Spock is a character if you look at any top 10, top 50 TV characters of all time He inevitably makes the list, so having him come in and have a guy called Ethan Peck come in and play him really, really well um, took some time to convince me um, because of where Spock is at in his life. Um, But just great quality stories and what they do differently to traditional Trek because sometimes Trek can put people off because it just seems so nerdy and it also is like Alien of the Week or... You know, as they go off on an adventure on the ship, and at the end of it, they're all laughing on the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's it 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 does have some self-contained episodes, but it's really about the longer story that's really drawn out. Um, some really good quality arcs, um, and it just it does some things with some characters or episodes from other series that true hardcore Trek fans would appreciate, but. I've I've watched this again with my wife. She watched every
0: episode and unless she's lying to me. I think she enjoys it. And so is it a show you think you can get into without a lot of that prior Yeah, good question. And I think that's probably what I was, in
1: a roundabout way, trying to say before, is it's got some stuff in there that will, little nods to Mm -hmm. the fans. Um, That's good. So like El Camino is a movie you can watch without necessarily having Mm -hmm. seen Breaking Bad, but there's enough in there to make you appreciate it as a Breaking Bad fan. But um, no, definitely, it sets the scene right from the start. And because it's set before Kirk, in that respect, everything that you know is yet to happen. So yeah, this is right. kind of like like the prequels in Star Wars. You don't necessarily need to know. No, that's right. Episode one.
0: It's one of those shows that uh, I need. Uh, it's on my list to watch, mm. but it's it's kind of on. You know, I I think about my list of kind of shows that I must watch, and yeah. then kind of this big back catalogue of things that I should watch at some point. Yeah. But I never actually think to pull out when I'm like, what am I going to watch next? Yeah. But I probably should get into Discovery. I like I watched a little bit of Star Trek as a, as a kid mm-hmm. but I've never I've watched the new Star Trek movies yeah. um, but haven't, haven't dabbled deeply in that universe
1: The special effects in the show I know special effects don't make a show but they are second to none to any television show I've ever seen in terms of getting really close to that movie quality
0: I'll tell you, the thing that actually appeals to me is, and I unfortunately don't have her name in front of me right now, but... Um, Soneka? Soneka. Yeah. Um, Sasha from The Walking Dead. Yeah,
1: great lead. And as a protagonist, as a lead protagonist, she's a really strong mm-hmm. character. Um, it's also interesting, again, because typically when you think of any Star Trek series, Kirk is the lead, Picard is the lead, whoever the captain is. But, you know, her character, Michael Burnham, Burnham is not the captain of the, of the ship. Um, the captain of the ship is uh, played by one of your um, favourite Harry Potter actors, Jason Isaacs um, and yeah I, on that basis alone I think you would enjoy it with with him as the captain mm-hmm. uh, I might did well check it out another, strong show.
0: another great recommendation I feel like we're learning something about one another as well at the same time I feel like I've learnt
1: more about you today than I've ever learnt oh, motorcycles good. Good. and vampires
0: never combined though Dangerous. No, that would be bad. Right? Okay, number six. Number six for me. Uh, so I'm going to go with a, this is a new TV show for 2019. Nice. Uh, this is a Amazon Prime TV show. Oh yeah. Called The Boys.
1: Okay, I've, I've I am halfway through the first season. Right. So yep.
0: yep. So The Boys, basically the the premises, it's a, you what I think of is we're in a world where we're so heavily saturated by superhero movies, mm-hmm. and. There's The Flash, there's Arrow, there's Gotham, there's Batwoman, there's um, you name it, there's a superhero movie about them. And I think The Boys does something a little bit different and brings a different take to the genre. And, you know, the basic premise being what like ha- like when you think about the reality of a superhero, who manages that IP of a superhero? Who mm-hmm. ma- from a, a regulatory point of view, like when when <laughs> regulatory <laughs> I, I can't even believe I'm bringing that word into it. But you know, you imagine someone like Superman smashing through a building. Yeah. There's collateral damage. Correct, there, yeah. You know, there's when you were having a, a fist fight where you're actually throwing people through buildings, there's there's some poor office worker He's probably not going home that night
1: I've always thought about that when i watch yeah, any sort of movie with yeah. collateral damage and,
0: and I think that, that's what I actually enjoy the most about the show um, and it, it's it just really captured me as something different it looks like it's got an interesting plot line I really enjoy um, Anthony Starr mm-hmm. who's one of the main actors it reminds me a lot of uh, Banshee which he also starred in which okay. I, I don't know if you've seen that show I saw a little bit of that show yeah, yeah and, and it's dark, it's adult, it's you know, interesting take on superheroes, a lot of very dark things happen in that show very early on yeah. um, so I think it's if you're interested in the different take on superheroes then you know, this could be the watch for you they've already started, I think they've, they've already, they might have even finished season two, um, okay. probably gone into post production at the moment, but no look, a, a really fun watch
1: Some yeah. of the things I've, oh, sorry, some of the things i thought of when I watched those first few episodes was it did some things really well that you wouldn't expect from a superhero series or movie that maybe Suicide Squad could have done with. Right. Just a little bit of, um, I don't know, a different... Like you say, that sort of dark take on it, on things. Quite look, serious. Look, I think we could do a whole
0: episode on Suicide Squad. And um, thank God um, James Gunn is taking the helm of Suicide Squad and making a new one, which yep. is going to be R-rated. Let's just reset. Let's restart. Start again, right? Start again. Um, but no, look, the boys uh, enjoyed it. And Amazon Prime is a a relatively cheap subscription service to get into mm-hmm. um i think you can do a, a 6 month trial for i think like it's 2.99 a month or
1: yeah i think you're right i think that's us dollars um, oh, US and dollars. Then after the first Three months it goes up. It it is a cheap service, it's it's a great service.
0: Mm. And it's already got got Bosch, which we've already talked about. A few other shows which may or may not be appearing on our list. There are some more
1: shows which we'll we'll, we'll come to, um, Mm. even if they don't make the list. I think we should list a few other shows that were honourable mentions.
0: Definitely. So, yeah, number six for me, The Boys. Okay. Number five, Paul. Number five, it is my
1: first and only dive into a... Potentially comedy-type series, uh, which uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to include comedies on my list, but in the end I was convinced to. Uh, it's Fleabag. Fleabag season two.
0: Is your number five? As
1: my number five.
0: It is also my number five.
1: Wow. High five. How High about that? Five. Good. Okay. It's good to see we agree on some things. We're
0: right? in sync. We're in sync.
1: Yeah, it's good. Um, look, for me... The right. I mean, I'm, I keep feeling like all I'm saying is the writing is great, and I, I really need to come up with a little bit more. But the comedy of this. I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is just a genius writer, and she's pretty good as an actress as well. But as a writer, we think about uh, Killing Eve as well. Yeah. You know, another show. Just a quick, quick mention. Um, I just find her absolutely hilarious. The, the comedy in the show. Is so inappropriate at times. Just borderline. I,
0: I love comedy. Like, and I think since The Office, anything that breaks the fourth wall and yes, that's and, the thing. And you get some interaction with the character. I love it. And I, I think you're right. Like the writing is—it's funny, it's sad, it's yeah. um, that's right. There's it, a lot of emotions. Right yeah, now. there's so much going on, and I think you, you really feel for the character. Yeah. Um And it's it's just a. a Kind of light-hearted. Yeah. Um, enjoyable watch.
1: So much. I mean, every there's no filler. Every scene is, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, her relationship with her sister is just uh, absolutely fantastic. This is how they have this complete love-hate. Uh, the dad um, with the godmother. I mean, Olivia Incredible. Coleman walking around with that pasted grin on her face the whole time.
0: It's, it's such a, a modern-day take on, I think, what it's like to be an adult. And uh, yeah. and maybe it's uh, maybe just because we're getting older that we kind of resonate more with you know some of those dealing with your family, dealing with your siblings, yep. dealing with your own life, getting things in order.
1: And so many horrible people like uh, Martin, the brother, of the yeah. guy um, yeah. with the beard, um, and then other great characters, Andrew Scott as the priest, just oh. an absolute role of a, role of a lifetime because he he's fantastic in Sherlock, um, but in this show he just brings something different to the role and. I, yeah, all of the scenes between him and, and Fleabag are, are just fantastic. So a solid five.
0: Solid five for me as well. Awesome. Um, should we get into uh, number number four?
1: We should. Yeah. So, still me? I guess it is because you... Uh, yeah,
0: because we're we both at the same.
1: Okay, all right. So number four for me. Listen up, fella. Line of Duty, season five. <laughs> now we're stuck in diesel. I, I mean, I, I could sit here and just do... Ted Hastings impressions all day and never be bored and I don't care. I, if like I don't care if you like it or not.
0: I would listen, I would subscribe to that podcast. <laughs> it's just um,
1: look it, for me. What's interesting about season five is there's elements of it that's towards the latter half of the season, particularly the final episode. Of course, um, resonated with the the, the serious criminal mm. in terms of it being you know so much focus on that interrogation room with Hastings finally on the other side of the desk. We're talking spoilers. I know you've seen the show, so we don't have to worry. I swear to you, if Hastings had been found guilty, I don't think I would ever be able to watch another episode of television ever again because I, he, is, he has to be the most straight guy. Straight he's, nice guy. Yeah. You know, with all due respect to any manager I've ever had in my life, he's the guy you want as your manager, right? I mean, mm. you could imagine working for this guy and just being like...
0: Well, yeah. oh, he's so by the book isn't he like he's yeah. such a even if you get it wrong he'll still throw the book at you but kind of yeah. like lift you up at the same time right, fella. let's yeah. have a
1: beer yeah here, i mean like it's not just about him either um i, I find the relationship um, between Madden Compton's constance uh sonnet and kate fleming uh, again but just again here i am boring myself such good writing such a good story I, and to to it throws in elements from previous seasons. You need to know the big. It is one of those shows that if you just came into season five, you you wouldn't understand the 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 the, the You couldn't do it. I don't think you could do it.
0: And look, I think so. Line of Duty is a show that that's not on my top ten, but it's it's not on there for a really weird reason. Can so we I, stop this podcast now? <laughs> so I um, watched all of Line of Duty from season one to season five this year, and. I really had a lot of trouble just mentally actually working out, like, like just thinking back to it. Was season five good or was that in season four? And so I, I just couldn't okay. I couldn't package it up in the okay. right place. Yeah, I but, understand what you mean. Yeah. But a highly recommended show. Anyone ask me what to watch, I'm always like, you should be watching Line of Duty. It's yeah. so good. so good.
1: Okay. Australia's number...
0: Number
1: four. Okay. Because oh, it was your number four, right? Uh, yes, it was. I'm just uh, checking here. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Okay, number three. I'm number four yet. No, so. what's, oh, I thought, what's going on oh, here?
0: God, so selfish, Paul. I, I'm just thinking, how can we go going to number three?
1: So, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, my number four is um, look, another show on Neon called Barry. Now,
1: Barry. Barry. Okay. Have you heard of it? I. Think I have. Yeah, I think I saw it on someone else's
0: uh, list. And in a, in a weird turn of events. Another show about um, you know, we talked about Mister In Between before, being a, you know, kind of a a middleman for uh, all sorts yes. of things. So Barry is basically about a, se- Barry season two. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> ten episode show, Showtime. So already already high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do, how
1: do I watch Showtime in New Zealand?
0: Neon. Okay. Neon. Yeah. Um, so basically, he's a he's a hitman um who the premise of the show in, in season 1 he's a hitman he gets a job um he finds out the person that he's supposed to take out is actually in drama school he kind of accidentally finds himself then joining the drama school and finding he's got a real passion for acting
1: <laughs> oh <my> goodness
0: <laughs> and he's then kind of living this this dual life of um hitman work and progressing his career as an actor and it's just a really high quality show great writing It's a dark comedy Mm. um there's some great multiple kind of plot lines going on and i think just bringing in the dark humor of actually these people actually have to go and kill and then actually i've got to be at my acting class by nine o'clock and my acting my (laughs) acting teacher um wants wants money for the for the fees and is you know there's just so many great characters in it um and the fact that there's two seasons out already is a highly recommended show from me. Um, <clears throat> yeah.
1: Okay. I I have... Yeah, I'm just reading up on that as you were talking, and I, I definitely have heard about it, and I think I've even seen a trailer. Bill Hader,
0: is that how you pronounce it? Bill Hader, so, yeah. So, so
1: Stephen Root, he's good, Yeah, so, so Bill
0: Hader's one of those... One of those actors, too, that really does deadpan really well. Yeah. And I think, you yeah, know, he's... <clears throat> He's in the, the Brooklyn 9 9 circle. Okay. Um, f- uh, friends with Andy Sandberg. And it's. A deadpan comedy uh, with a little bit of darkness thrown in. It's the perfect cocktail for me. Okay.
1: Mm. I've got a lot of cop shows going on. You've got a lot of, like, Hitman shows going on. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It's, um, yeah. It's yeah. A
1: story there. <coughs> cool. So, number three. Number three. Uh, this show. I had to use all of my self-restraint not to just put straight in at number one, but because we've only seen four episodes of The Mandalorian, it's coming in at number three.
0: Also on my list. Okay. Not at number three.
1: Wow. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Straight away, I'm regretting not putting it higher. Why am I regretting that? Because for me, I feel like I could just go straight to number one. For me, it just feels great. But we haven't seen enough yet, and...
0: Agreed. I think for me cuz it's not enough yet yeah. if we'd seen the whole season yeah could have had a higher place yeah so i kind of i got bumped down for not dropping all the content for me at once
1: yeah but <laughs> do you know what i think it's a good thing that him dropped all the content because yeah, probably. because now i have something to look forward to yeah. every week and it's great that it comes out on the friday night it's a great way to end the week um, and also I can then appreciate each episode so I'll watch the episode on a Friday night with my wife and then I'll watch it on a Saturday morning with my son because if I watch it with him at the time he just asks too many questions and then I'll watch it again on the train to work on a Monday morning so I give it each Amazing. episode gets three watches that's yeah that's how that, much
0: that's, that's commitment I, I think it's one of those shows too which there has been it's been long talked about having mm. been a, a Star Wars live action TV yes, series it has,
1: 2009
0: to see that really come to life is incredible and that it kind of really embraces I think some of the original premise of the of a new hope Empire Strikes back type era where right. you know there's a great mixture of um puppetry then they're, they're not overdoing mm. it on the CGI exactly. it's really story driven um we're at this point of recording the podcast really four episodes in and so we're still kind of in the character development space. Mm, that's right. But you can tell the oh yeah the the deeper storyline and the the strong western vibe that the show brings. Oh, I love it. Is building and just the the soundtrack. That's right.
1: Oh, incredible! I love it.
0: Incredible.
1: soundtrack's on my phone already. It's a, yeah, it's a great great watch. It's amazing. Um, interesting point on the the puppetry CGI mix that you talked about. Um, I saw a quote from. Uh, Werner Herzog, who plays the client, uh, who said they they were talking about going full CGI on the the little what are we calling this thing Baby Yoda Baby Yoda, um, and he basically said you're cowards, and you can imagine his voice saying that to like John mm-hmm. Favreau, you know, saying no, keep the puppet, and I think it's such a right decision. Um, I could talk about this whole show, and I feel like a future podcast may actually be just a whole season one review of it.
0: Hundred percent. Let's do that. Yep,
1: uh, but.
0: Maybe this will be our first podcast coming back into the into the new year. I'd like that. I would really like that. Um, or oh, actually, combined with, we'll have a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about. So. Oh yeah. And probably be. A long a, long I time. hear
1: there's a movie coming out. Haven't heard about it. No, I'll tell you about that. Um, so the Mandalorian, yeah, a really strong entry for 2019, as you said, much talked about. Um, just like Star Trek Discovery, in terms of bringing, uh, that high quality, mm-hmm. um, movie type, level. Of effects, um, the casting so far has been really spot on. Um, the The third episode so far as my favourite out of the four, that's how well I know the episode, I can talk about each individual episode, just really strong, like I'm very seldom sitting there sort of almost screaming at the television what I want a character to do, and then when the character does it, it's really rewarding. It's, um,
0: I agree, and I think, uh, I agree, so, um, episode three, like fantastic episode, like so much great action, mm. um, the, I'm, I've heard the director of that episode is um, in line for some other Star Wars opportunities, which yes. is which is really great. Um, one of the things I quite like about The Mandalorian when I sort of think about the circle of people that I interact with, it's actually expanding their Star Wars universe beyond basically the um what are we calling the trilogy, the um, the, the saga. The saga. Yeah. And it it's like it's getting people thinking differently about that universe and how many stories they actually are to tell. And it really gets me excited for the for the Obi Wan series. Oh. Like if they can do this with Mandalorian, Obi Wan. It's just going to knock it out of the park. Surely. My, clear my diary. I can't wait. I can't clear wait. my diary? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great.
1: Your number three, please. My number three.
0: So, my number three is um, this is a Netflix um, okay. original, um, another a British number from me, and um, it's called Afterlife.
1: Oh, yes. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Strong show.
0: Um, so this is a six-episode show. Yeah. Ricky Gervais, um, loved by many, hated by many. Mm. Um, I, I think it's another one of those shows where it takes a, a serious topic, like grief, yeah, um, yeah. and kind of takes you on this emotional journey of both the, the humour that Ricky Gervais brings to a, a subject like this, makes you feel... Um, like a little empathy it creates in the show for how you kind of feel sorry for him as a character Completely. um having lost his wife what it means for the people he interacts with the people he works with the the other kid the kids in his life oh, yeah. and uh, just a a great watch and it, it hooked me in from the start it, it feels like an interesting show to kind of have like so high in my top 10 mm-hmm. but the junior that took me on has just been a memorable one, and when I when I started thinking about top ten shows, it just popped into my head straight away. Yeah, um, it's on my
1: honourable mentions list. Yeah, it was that. It was it did figure. It was the only other comedy type comedy show that mm. figured in amongst my uh, other feedback. So uh, yeah, it's really strong, right?
0: Really good show. So yeah, um, obviously it's a easy watch in terms of the length, and uh, not necessarily an easy watch in terms of the the subject matter. Mm. But you'll, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll probably enjoy it. I believe they're making a season two at the moment.
1: And I imagine, unless Gervais is going completely rogue, right, that that will be the, the only... Yeah, you know, He typically does one or two series. Like that's right. The Office, that's right. Extras, Derek. That's right. It's yeah. all, and that's what keeps it so magical.
0: And if you're a fan of any of those shows, Extras, yeah. Derek, etc., yeah. then th- you're definitely going to enjoy this. Um, in fact, you've probably already watched it. But Oh, yeah. yeah. This,
1: the scene... The stand-up scene for me was when uh, his character approaches the gates of the school and has a conversation with one of the school kids there. Just some incredible, of the uh, unbelievable incredible. writing ever. As soon as you
0: said the most memorable scene, I instantly knew what you were going to say. It's that good, right? Yeah, it's, it's quality. Um, no, couldn't recommend it more. Good choice. Number
1: two. Number two on my list uh, is also a Netflix show for me. And it's Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, this is a show. Have you seen Unbelievable? I have seen Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so this is uh, a really hard watch, um, and has some really really dark subject matter, um, but the angle at which it, it approaches it, um, through the eyes of um, detectives and also through the eyes of the victims in the show, is really really powerful. Um, some really strong acting performances. Um, an actress who I've never really rated uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, Tony Collett. Mm. I really enjoyed her in this show. Tony Collette's and amazing. Her character in the show is just fantastic. The delivery of every line is amazing. Have you seen the movie Hereditary with Tony Collett in it? No, maybe I haven't seen enough of her stuff. It's just I think I've seen some bad things she's been in maybe. Right. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, this show. Um, Merritt Weaver uh, as the lead detective. Her performance cannot be overstated for me. It, mm-hmm. it was really strong. I've seen her in a, in a few different things now, but this show, um, she really knocked out the pack. Um, I took a while to disconnect her from Denise in The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and. Because of the nature of the show, the subject matter, the, the tension of the scenes when, again, they go looking for the guys and they're outside the house, and, you know, you, you, obviously you want the guy, the, you always want the bad guy to be caught, generally, when you're watching shows, but in a show like this, you really want the bad guys to be caught, um, and so, yeah, really tense, really, um, you know, a, a subject which, you know, is is a, is a, a very, you know, it's a horrible subject to have to talk about, but... Uh,
0: I so yeah so um it's not on my list but it's definitely an, an honorable mention for me mm-hmm. and a show which um almost a little bit educational for me I think in a in an era where we've got the the me too movement there yeah. so many more the, the conversation about um I think sexual assault and mm-hmm. allegations is mm-hmm. is a, a unfortunately a common topic it really did a good job at highlighting how horrible it is for a victim um, yeah. to go through any of this. And even the journey it takes you on as a viewer t- from, you know, what what happened, did it actually happen, and then kind of the, the doubt it creates, and then kind of, you know, you, I don't know about you, but it kind of makes you feel like a bit of a terrible person, for like, oh, God, is it... Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I, when you watch the scene where um, Marie is getting... Uh, interviewed by the cops and they're basically you know dismissing That's right and you, because you know the truth and just w- watching it from their side uh, just really really painful and then of course the final scenes you know where they're confronted mm-hmm. and they realize they've made their mistakes I mean the the acting uh, i don't know the actor's name but the the lead cop who realized oh, I got it wrong. Yeah, that's there's, right. there's is a moment yeah, in yeah. his face. Where it's
0: just... incredible. And I I actually really enjoy the fact that this is a a one and done like a mm. from a, a storytelling perspective.
1: That's right. We're not going to get a season 2. Yeah, that's right. And, can't be and you
0: wouldn't you would you don't want it to. No. And I think just the fact that it's got a start, a middle and an end, um amazing storytelling, daylights something which um probably more people need to be aware of thinking about Another great show for creating empathy.
1: Quite right. Number two, Dan.
0: Mandalorian already covered, okay. but yeah, so I, yeah, I had the Mandalorian at number two, and I think the reason it wasn't number two for me, without going back into the too much detail of the show, is it's just so incredible to me that it's got that the show is created, it's it's in my lifetime, it's yeah. finally come, come like it's just come together as a as a live action TV show. And, yeah, I just – my love for Star Wars is so deep. And this, this just – Don't stop me crying. This echoes everything that I've, I, I've always wanted to see.
1: I'm going to cry. <laughs> I can't take any more – this is – I'm exactly on the same page. Because we got – in 2007, we got these big announcements from from Lucasfilm at the time that The Clone Wars was coming out, this animated show in That's 2008. Right. We were getting a live animated show, uh, sorry, a live TV action show in 2009, which was going to be called at one point Star Wars Underworld. Mm -hmm. Then it was rebranded Star Wars 1313. And there's a great poster. If you search for archive, you know, of what this looked like, and it just looked like elements of what we've got in The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. But apparently the producer at the time Matt McCombs said they had a whole first season ready to go. Mm -hmm. But it just... It never happened, and um, so yeah,
0: I, I feel like... Well, and, and, and there was even a video game that was kind of built on a similar premise that got shut down. Like there's, right. there's so many fascinating... Anyway, we've we'll gone through a long history of yeah. what happened in the Star Wars universe, but it's here. I almost don't even care if it's good or bad. I'm just so <laughs> <laughs> happy yeah, right. to have it in my life.
1: And to have it be good. Okay, yeah. number one. We're, we're there. We're there at number so one. So before we go into the number ones, can we, can we do our honourable mentions so that we, we save the, the glory of number one, or should we do it afterwards?
0: Um, no, no, give me a couple of your honourable mentions.
1: Okay, so honourable mentions for me.
0: How many are you going to give me? Just
1: so I'm... Uh, oh, look, I struggled to get my 10. At one point I had 25, so I've got, I can, just, I can list them off in terms of ones that nearly made it, and then maybe there'll be a couple I could talk about quickly. I could give you 10. How many should we go for? Three oh, I was looking at a couple. I was looking at oh, give, wow. give
0: me Give me three honourable mentions. Oh, okay. See, now you're going to make me.
1: Okay. Uh, honourable mentions, uh, I will go first of all with uh, Killing Eve, season mm-hmm. two, another strong show. If, if any of the shows I mentioned are your number one, don't, don't, don't talk about it. Uh, Jack Ryan, season two, mm-hmm. another really strong season. And literally finished it last night, The Men in the High Castle. Season four, amazing. That'll be my three um, shows that were, were, were close runs.
0: <clears throat> so some of the honourable mentions for me are, are shows that we've already talked about mm-hmm. throughout the podcast. Um, but it, I completely agree with you that um, Jack Ryan um, is definitely... Man in the High Castle, I've only just recently started, but I can already tell yeah. it's, it's going to be a great show. So definitely, if I if I was deeper into... If I was up to season four, I probably could have seen that maybe been in my list somewhere. Um, and I I actually, and I I know that it's a little bit controversial about whether we include too many comedies in this list, mm-hmm. but I really, really enjoyed Brooklyn Nine-Nine's <laughs> latest season. <laughs> yes, it was good. It was so good. It was my favourite of all the seasons, and I, I always wanted to put it in the list, and it just kept getting bumped. Um, but anyway, and I, so one, one, my final one that I've mentioned... Oh, you're having four? I'm going to have four. I'll give you one more, too. Okay, thank you. Is And... This show only recently just got got cut off the list because of another show. It's called The Warrior. And so The Warrior, without going too deep into detail, it's on Neon. It was originally a a concept apparently pitched by Bruce Lee back in the day. And it's basically about Chinese immigrants in San Francisco in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Think Peaky Blinders in um, San Francisco. Right. Lots of Kung Fu. Okay. All right, give me one more, Paul.
1: I'm going to give you one more. And I'm also going to quickly mention that I haven't seen The Crown uh, Season 3. Right. I'm saving that for a Christmas watch. Oh, that yeah. may feature because The Crown Season 1 and 2 were both superb and both made my previous top tens. Uh, the other show I'm going to give you to trigger you somewhat is Fear the Walking Dead Season 5 uh, because this show for me... Don't, don't look at me like that. People can't see the look you're giving me right now. Uh, season 5 of season Fear the Walking Dead five. was... For me, just really strong. The characters were strong. I'm not going to talk about it too much because I didn't talk about, you know, killing Eve or Jack Ryan. But for a show that was second fiddle to The King, The Walking Dead, uh, that show has gone downhill for me. Uh, maybe not so much in the last season. but fear The Walking Dead has just crept up and up and up. And now I can say hand on heart that those characters in season five, I uh, care about each one of those characters a whole lot more than I do half of The Walking Dead main cast. And just the strength of those characters alone even though the writing here I go on again about the writing isn't always the best there were some standout episodes that for me we were binging this on neon and I was coming home each night just trying to get the kids to bed because all I wanted to do was to see what Morgan was going to do next or, or what June and John were up to do and angry
0: I think we could have a whole conversation on Walking Dead, um, and Fear the Walking Dead, the Walking Dead universe at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I agree with some of the things you say. Um, some of them I take strong. I've got strong views, but um, look, let's get into the number ones because uh, time is ticking. It I'm sure dead. we're we're draining the batteries on our listeners' phones.
1: Very true. Okay, so number one, 2019, I believe it's just going to be one series, not a not a second season coming. Five episodes. Chernobyl. Wow. There you go.
0: Wow. You
1: didn't see that coming, did you?
0: I didn't see that coming. You thought it was
1: Coronation Street. You Much like it.
0: Chernobyl, I didn't see that coming. Oh, see?
1: If you've watched the show, you wouldn't be making jokes like that. That's inappropriate. I have seen the show. Oh, you've seen it? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was the joke. <laughs> oh, you know, like it's in the disaster that happened? Okay, yeah. The people didn't see it happen? Yeah, right, you know? okay, right. Um, look, I. Oh, grim. grim mate grim yeah really grim
1: i actually had no intention of watching it because it just didn't appeal to me i knew you know we we know what happened but everyone was talking about it and going on about it and saying how it's one of i'm like okay well i'll give it a go and um you know we had to watch it through a sky go oh no it was neon it was neon Neon. yeah Yeah. uh and um i knew from the first episode this is this is tense and like yeah because it's because it's real you know it's, it's Essentially, uh, telling the true story, um, I found it really fascinating. Um, just the arrogance, the ignorance of the the people working at that plant, the 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 USSR, the, the Soviet Union, the the way in which that government operated at the time in terms of saving face at the expense of anything. Um, it felt like it was the sort of thing that may have happened in olden days, but mm-hmm. realistically, mm-hmm. it's not that long no, ago. I not... remember. Mm-hmm. When, you know, Chernobyl happened in 86. I remember hearing about it as a, I don't know, what was I then? Maybe like three, I'm sure. I wasn't. Okay, a bit older.
0: I, look, I, I, the Chernobyl was a show that actually, when I first started curating a, a top ten list, was, was, was on the list. Okay. And then, as, you know, I probably should have mentioned it as an honourable mention. Noted. Really enjoyable show. Um, Very grim very um a show i feel like one of those shows that once you're seen i don't ever foresee myself ever watching it again um acting absolutely incredible completely eye-opening about the the lack of transparency the way the disaster was managed another unfortunately terrifying look into actually how governments and um how the system kind of managed these types of disasters yeah and you know, we've had several other disasters, you know, since, since Chernobyl, mm-hmm. and, and it makes me wonder actually what else, you know... Could happen. What, what will, are we in store for Yeah, next? yeah, in fact... Uh, I felt terrified
1: watching it, just thinking that we're dealing with something... You know, when you start to think about the ramifications they were saying, if we don't solve this problem, which ultimately they did, then all of this water will be contaminated, and all of this land for... What were they saying? Like ten thousand years mm-hmm. or something? Crazy, that's right. Whatever that's it was. right. And it's like, uh, just the fact that we're dealing with stuff out there today, right now, in countries that
0: yeah. you know, I think, you know, one of the most one of the scenes that's really stuck with me, or one of the scenes, one of the moments in that film series, God, is is, is when they when they do the initial reading and they're like, Oh, it's only a three you yeah. know, that's like a and that's you know, how much radiation you get on the x ray and it's like, well, their machine only goes up to a three and it's like Millions of times higher than yeah. a three, and just the you know, when you think about disasters like that happening, how you know, people wanting to like cover up things, hide things when the flow on impacts, you know, the ramifications of this are still being experienced today. And
1: a special uh, mention for me for Paul Ritter, uh, who played the the oh, yeah. the, the lead uh scientist who was just dismissing all the staff and angry at all the staff and basically saying, no, there's no way, explain to me how this thing can explode. You know, just in complete denial to the whole thing. I thought he was fantastic alongside um, Jared Harris uh, in the lead role and also... Incredible. Uh, a a mm. guy who I've always enjoyed, no matter what I see him, and I don't know how to pronounce his name, probably Stellan Skarsgård, uh, the, uh, yes. the uh, guy from Sweden who's been in a number of good movies.
0: He's got a number of his um, children are actually actors as well. Like his, One uh-huh. of his sons is, he was one of, Bring back the vampires, was what one of the uh, main vampires in the True Blood TV, TV show. Another show I'll never watch. You fear the vampires? It,
1: I, I don't know why it's just a genre I can't do. I, can, I think I can watch any genre. I'll even watch horror, even though I, I suddenly get scared mm-hmm. by it. Not because I think I'm too good to be scared, but I, d- I don't know why it doesn't quite get me, but you vampires. Anyway, another subject for another time. Incredible. Number one, Dan.
0: I'm shocked. I can't think what it could be. Number one is this is season three of a show, Netflix. Okay. I'm going with Stranger Things. Okay. Strong entry this year after season two was kind of not so good. Yeah, season two was a bit up and down. I thought season three really spoke to like the 80s component to me yeah. which, that, oh, that, oh, yeah. that was my childhood the 80s what a soundtrack. and the soundtrack the clothes like i just love how the characters have come together i love how the the the, the band of friends is growing yeah that um we have left it open for so many more possibilities for the next season um for sure so, so many so many great things happened in that show um the real highlight for me, though, is um, Dustin and his girlfriend singing oh. the Never Ending Story at the end. I regularly play that song for Samara on Spotify when we're driving in the car, just for fun. Amazing. <laughs> it's so good.
1: <laughs> that scene was quite incredible when they started singing that. Uh, I look, it did make I can turn my monitor around and show you that it did make my honourable bigger list. But since you limited me to the number of mentions I could have. Um, I love the ending and the way they've set up season four can it's gonna come about. It's right. good because it's a show that I don't want to see end. But mm. at the same time, it's kinda of like Terminator, like you wanna you want the universe to carry on but there's only so many times you can have a guy come back in time to try and kill John Connor. It's like you need to mix it up a bit, and they've they've done they've already set that up for season four. And
0: I think they've done a good job with these, you know, particularly young, like young actors, and obviously they they're kind of growing up with a TV show, yeah. and the, the quality of the acting, the storytelling, it, it's all getting a little bit, you know, a little bit more adult, a little bit more darker, and I like it's yeah. a it's a I, I can't wait for for season four. It's going to be great.
1: It's good, and look, I I don't often enjoy a number of. Shows that involve too heavy a cast in terms mm. of kids. I agree. It's one of the things I'm nervous about, this new Walking Dead series that's coming out. Um, but this show is is so well cast. These guys, are, they're growing up, right? It's going to be really hard to keep playing them as kids, you know? People are getting older. Um, but they, they still really fit really well. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the guy the American guy with the beard when he's on the radio.
0: David Hammer? Or, oh, no. Oh, no, the, the, the guy plays the... Yeah, yeah, I know Just the mean. scenes
1: yeah. with him on the radio and him not wanting to be called these code names and yeah, just... incredible. Absolutely yeah. priceless yeah. television.
0: Uh, and I just... There's so many characters I love in that show, like even Steve, and he has to work in the ice cream store and he's just, like, dealing <laughs> yes. with his kids. That's and it's right. like, oh, it's so great. It's yeah. so great. That's a good 10, Dan. It's a good... Look, I, a
1: good, I, I feel like... I mean, obviously, my 10 is slightly better, but it's a good 10 that you've given us, and I appreciate the effort made.
0: I've given you some gifts. You've given me some gifts. That's right. We've got some options. Um, yeah, no, look, it was a, it was a great experience. I, I can't wait to see. Obviously, there's going to be some wider tweets about your list.
1: Yes, and lots of mentions, mm-hmm. trying to get the retweet factor mm-hmm. going. So what of my list, just before we, we wrap up? Is there anything in my list that you like, what is he thinking putting that in? or what was a surprise or a shock or was it pretty much I
0: was surprised that Chanel will be number one okay Um, only because I feel like there's so many shows that you were so passionate about right I didn't I, I, I could imagine it being in your top ten just not your number one but yeah. it, it's a great look everything that you put on your top ten I, I could easily watch yeah which okay. which I think is good and I, I like that we had a few a few link ups which is good That was nice right what about for you uh Look,
1: I wasn't surprised to not hear The Walking Dead come on your list because mm. I, I know you feel about that. I see the emotions every week. Uh, I think I, I think I was expecting you to say Unbelievable early in your list, like number ten or number nine, and then so that was going to give away one of my high ones. Right, 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 right. Um, so, look, I, I guess there's nothing too much that shocked me about your list because principally some of them I haven't seen. Um, Afterlife, it's a strong show. It's I've really always played this top ten, not not allowing myself to go into the world of comedies because I because I enjoy comedies so much because they bring out that laughter which you know gets you really enjoying a show. I I feel like I could easily make a whole show of top tens. So I think
0: I, I think th- too, and uh, to your point really early on in this um, podcast, I think the rating of actually where they sit in this list is like. You know, gun to my head, you could shift any of these around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You could probably yeah. be talked into a different position to sort of move some of these shows around. I, I think these are, these are ten shows that, you know, if you're looking for something to watch, you'll probably hopefully find something pretty enjoyable in there. And particularly when we're talking about, you know, shows which are up to season three or four or whatever, like there's a whole bunch of viewing, yeah. you know, if you go back and start from the beginning. Good
1: point. So assuming we're going to publish this first episode, do you think if someone starts playing this, do you think they're still listening this far in? How far in are we now? It feels like we've been going...
0: We're um, an hour and 12 minutes in, so... Is anyone still listening? I, I, look, I don't know. I don't know. There's no point
1: getting any sponsors in if you know, no one's
0: listening, right? Yeah, who was this episode sponsored by, Paul? Was it sponsored by...
1: Little Penang, Little... I believe. <laughs>
0: Little Penang. <laughs> look, they do a great lunch.
1: They do, and for only $14.
0: Yeah. I highly recommend Nasi Goring good all right so um next podcast let's go um let's do a season one review of the mandalorian and actually loop it in with what's happening in the in the star wars universe
1: the rise of skywalker would have had many tears would have been shed at that point
0: in fact they might even have to be separate episodes the rise of skywalker and the mandalorian okay so um we'll make a call as we schedule the next episode but um that's probably it from us have a great christmas And we're going to come back to you regularly in 2020.
1: Sounds good. Remember, no half measures.
0: No half measures.